everybody. Get ready for Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. A foodie born and bred, my wife Nikki loves chatting up chefs, dining out, and insider industry buzz. And my husband David thinks a great meal is nothing but a good burger, a frosty brew, and a check for under $20. Because he is cheap. Well, maybe so, but foodie married beast anyway. And together we've got the food and wine variety show that has everyone talking. It's Foodie and the Beast, and we are on now. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Foodie and the Beast on this first show of ours in 2024. Happy Woo-hoo! New Year to Happy everybody. New Year. We would pop champagne, but I don't, I don't know. We are popping champagne. Are we? Oh, yes, let's we pop are. that. All right. <laughs> we'll work on that. So it's a new year. A lot happening on the restaurant scene that's new and exciting. We're going to talk to some of the people that are making that happen. We're going to talk about some of the issues that are impacting the restaurant industry as we move into 2024 Mm -hmm. and some of their hopes and dreams for a profitable, wonderful, carefree 2024. You want to say anything? No, I don't. Let's just hit it. All right. So Philippe and Jackie Lustenau are here. They're the co-owners of Arlington's Pirouette. It's both a full-service restaurant with a wine shop Got good food, and the wine shop is actually the wine list for the restaurant, which makes it uh, a lot of fun. A lot of fun. And Scott, they're the ones with the champagne. So oh, they're we're the excited ones. that they're Yeah, here. they done brought a champagne. Okay. How about that, boys? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Scott Duneau's here. You, He's our old buddy. You first met him as the award-winning executive chef at Wolfgang Puck's Dearly Departed The Source. And now in partnership with Chef Danny Lee, the real brains of the operation. Aww. He's co-owner of the Fried Rice Collective and some of the tastiest spots in town like Anjou, Chico, and the new and so fun and I so delicious. I, I, you. I want you to know that. <laughs> Another buddy of ours, uh, Chef Kyle Bailey, who's everyone's favorite badass and a Dodge Charger, is vroom, a partner. Vroom. Yeah. <laughs> if you've ever almost been run over, that's him. Uh, he's the uh, he's a partner in culinary creative genius with Long Shot Hospitality. They own several great properties that you know, including Downtown's Dauphine, the Salt Line in D.C. and Bethesda, and the new and oh-so-awesome Omateo out in Tice's Corner. Mm-hmm. And have you been to the square? Uh, Ruben Garcia, who is pretty well-known, too. He was the talented former creative director of Jose Andreas's group uh, and his buddy Richie Brandenburg, who's homesick today, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And he was the creative genius behind Union Market, have opened the square. It's downtown K Street's uh, new food market destination, but it's food market with a with a very modern twist, some very smart thinking there. It opened last fall, and we're going to hear all about that. But we're going to start with Philippe and Jackie and hear a little bit about Pirouette. Hi, guys. Hi. Who wants to step up to the microphone? Yes, go ahead. Okay, I will. Uh, Hi. Philippe's a little nervous about that. Don't okay. be you nervous. Can, you Come can on. pop the, the bubbles. Um, okay. I don't bite. For... <laughs> she bites, but I don't <laughs> Thank bite. Thank you for uh, inviting hard. us over today. Um, yes, we have been open a year ago, September, since mm-hmm. then. Um, and one of the things that's um, really special, I think, about us is that as you mentioned, happy new year. Um, we are, our wine list is our wine shop and more people than, than I expected love doing what we, we offer, which is like shop the shelves. Yeah. And, and I thought Philippe would a hundred percent always take up that invitation by a restaurant when we'd go out. Um, so I thought it was like, well, a weirdo like you would do that, but everybody <laughs> loves doing it. Um, so can we, you, while you're there at the restaurant, can you sort of order a glass of wine and walk around and peruse all the wines and see what's available? You can definitely Thank do you. that. Yes. Um, we do have a rotating wine by the glass list, mm-hmm. um, and, uh, and also a happy hour, which, um, comes from our shop and we've surprised people with that too, where from three to 6 p.m., 
you can, they think that it's going to be a crappy wine, which is unfortunately how a lot of people think of happy hours, just cheap drinks. Oh my God, we're throwing shade. It's so early (laughs) in the show, (laughs) but all right. Wait, wait, wait. You mean it's called happy hour? I thought it was crappy hour. (laughs) (laughs) No, but that's just, that's a time when we can go and spotlight some wines that might have lost a little bit of attention in the shop. And mm-hmm. so sometimes people say, I'll have the white or I'll have the red. Well, I want to hear about what's like what's on the menu, but I have to say, we were once in a restaurant, and I don't remember where we were, that was in a wine shop, and it was so much fun. Oh, it was down at the beach. It, it was in Ocean City or, or Fenwick. We yeah. were able to get up and walk around, and they didn't have, it wasn't a huge wine shop, but it was, I mean. Actually, he's totally wrong. It was an enormous wine shop and a spirit shop. No. You could order everything. Yeah. And then buy everything. So, I mean, I think you guys are on a trend that people are interested in because the place was bumping. The other, yes. thing, the other thing that's really important is that the price on the restaurant side is the same as the retail. Price. I love your fake French accent. It's fabulous. <laughs> I know. I know. I, I've been here 40 years. This country 40 years. And I work really hard. No, it's great. <laughs> Philippe, tell me what you poured first. So what we poured here is a sparkling Nebbiolo. So it's not champagne. Ooh. It's a sparkling wine. But... Uh, it's a, a Nebbiolo in a form that you usually don't see. This is from Barbaresco. Mm-hmm. So this is really the land of uh, Nebbiolo next to Bar- Barolo. Barbaresco mm-hmm. gives us a really perfumed and, and really elegant uh, 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 Nebbiolo. But this is made by Enrico Nada. Um, and uh, uh, as mm. I said, 100% uh, Nebbiolo dry, zero dosage. So there's no additional sugar in the second fermentation. Well, I'm all for drinking this. I'm just telling everybody how Nikki and I are moving to Italy to Sardinia. Yes. <laughs> so, all right, let's hear. First of all, Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year, happy New Year everyone. Year. Thank you for coming in. I the noticed Kyle's today. is gone already, but Happy yes. New Year. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I love Kyle. All right. All right, but let's talk to Scotty Boy. Um, I, I did a little bit on your background, um, uh, you know, as an intro. Is there anything more? In your prodigious volume of awards, and you are a, an award-winning chef. That's not really a question. You are. Is there many more that people should know about you before we start talking about the restaurants? Uh, I don't uh, think so. Okay, right. I'm gonna take over this <laughs> yeah. interview. Um, this so, is a terrible interview. Right now, Scott, was there a question in there? Yes, or? exactly. All I'm right, I'm gonna lower your chair if you're okay. not careful. So, Scott. You know, you've been around for a very long time in the D.C. market. We met years ago. You actually co-hosted a show with me once. Let's talk about a little bit how you and Danny sort Best of— show ever. Yeah. Never been the same. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, mean, I don't think you needed inflation of your ego, but it certainly helped. Um, let's talk about how you and Danny found each other because Danny Lee owned Bandu. You were leaving the source. You guys were great friends. But how did you decide to form a partnership together? Because good friends and partnerships don't always, business partnerships don't always work together. Yeah, true. You know, we've been really fortunate. It's been, uh, we're going to almost seven years together that we formed the Fried Rice Collective at the bar at Mondu one night. Um, One late night? One late late night. Late, late Uh, night? You know, when I first moved to D.C. almost 18 years ago, um, Mm. Danny and his mom just had Mondu where the current Anju is on 18th Street. And... Obviously, we used to go there, and then we'd do a bunch of charity events, and, you know, we kind of got paired together quite a bit, um, you know, both doing Asian cuisine, and we kind of did some shared dinner. So we met early on when I moved here, and then a few years later, Danny opened his second location in Mondu um, on K Street right behind my condo, mm. and the bar was open until 3 in the morning, and it's a big industry hangout, so I used to kind of stop there on my way home, and... Uh, hang out with Danny and, uh, you know, his family and a bunch of chefs that used to hang out there. So we just, you know, we became really good friends and 
were kind of like-minded on a lot of things. And I was, I don't know if I had a midlife crisis, um, but I was like, oh. How could that be? You're so young. <laughs> I know. Uh, an early midlife crisis about what, what I was doing with my life. I'd worked for Wolfgang Puck for 16 years at that point, mm-hmm. And I wanted to do something casual. Um, and just opened some dumpling and noodle shops, and which actually were not prevalent in the city at the time. Correct. Like it was very, yeah. you know, sort of ahead of the game. Yeah, and I really wanted to do that. And you know, my my whole life was fine dining. You know, I was worried about Riedel glasses and Burdo plates and all this expensive stuff. That all that you know, frou frou stuff. All that frou frou stuff. I like that frou frou stuff. I, I hate know, that. And a lot of people stuff. do, and there's still definitely a place for it. I'm not kind of knocking fine dining. I'm just saying that I was ready for. A little change, and okay. Danny was too. And, and I want to push you guys along. So, yep. Chico, you've got multiple locations. Yep. Andrew is award-winning, yep. nominated. Yep. You, you actually, what I think is interesting about Andrew, and I just want to point it out, mm-hmm. is that you actually sort of put, you sort of did what Wolfgang did for you yep. with Angel yep. at Andrew. Yeah, so Angel and I worked at The Source together for uh, seven and a half years, and, um, you know, then we... You know, we, we formed Anju, and I thought he'd be a perfect fit. He has a real passion for He's a stone-cold genius. He, he's a stud, and uh, he a he's stud. super talented and one of the nicest people you've ever met. He's cute. And, um, you know, he has a, a, a real passion for Korean food, and it was just a natural fit that, you know, we'd worked together for a long time. You know, he loved Korean food, so, um, you know, he's he's at Anju, you know, just killing the game over there. And then mm. let's talk about the pop-up of iAgyu. Well, let's you know, start with why eggs. Where, where did that come from? You know, eggs are you know the the best things you can eat. You know, yeah. they're so versatile. There's you know, I mean, they, are you they, the guy in the kitchen at one in the morning making a fried egg sandwich? Yes, I am. Okay, yes, I'm the well, or I'm the one eating it. Either one, mm-hmm. you know. as long as it's made for. Uh, you know, I egg you really kind of was born as a pandemic pop up. Um, you know, kind of my love for fried egg sandwiches, and you know, Danny and I collaborated on everything. And the concept originally I wanted to do on griddled sourdough, and then Danny was like, "Oh, we should try this milk bread from Sheila Bakery." So we we. Um, you know, we support this great bakery, and they make this amazing bread for us. And um, is, the bakery, is that the bakery out in Annandale? It's in Annandale. Yeah, yeah. it's so, insane. You, it used to be by your office. The whole concept of Iegu was really—it's all about fried egg sandwiches. But now it's really evolved. It started as a pandemic pop-up where we just wanted something positive to focus on, and you know, we we did it out of Chico Capitol Hill, just Saturday and Sunday, takeout only. And we were selling like 250, 300 sandwiches every Saturday and every Sunday. Amazing. And I'm like, this is going to die off. This is going to die off. Well, two and a half years later, we're still doing it. And we're like, hey, maybe we could find a, a home for this. And our landlord that's uh, a great landlord that is our landlord at Chico Capital Hill had a building down the street. He was like, hey, I have this space. Do you want it? So it kind of worked out. And we opened Iagu, uh five weeks ago. And it um, is a ton of fun. It's so much fun. Well, it's can like, we talk about – <laughs> yeah, Kyle and your wife orders now. it yeah. an awful. <laughs> Apparently, <laughs> Kyle's cholesterol count is way yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My my uh, heart doctor was a little concerned. I was opening an egg restaurant. He kind of shamed me a little bit for that, but you know, what are you so, gonna do? But can we talk about how the menu evolved? Because right. it's not just a menu of eggs, although egg plays a huge role. But yep. it's breakfast and lunch, yep. um, in a town that actually does not have a thriving breakfast scene. Right. That's what I kind of thought. I mean, I think there was a little bit of hole in the market there. Um, there's definitely some places, but you know, that's one of the the fun things that, that we have. So many guests that have been ordering from the pop up for so long, and they come in, and they're like, "Whoa!" Right. I was not expecting like a nice restaurant. We had a great. Designer. That was me. I yeah, was like, yeah. <laughs> I did not expect it to look like this yeah. at all. Yeah, design case came in and did a great design, well, I, I and mean, then I have. Uh, 
Claudia Rivera did artwork for us. Great and she artwork. made these beautiful eggheads. And so it's like a nice restaurant, and the menu is a lot bigger than it was as a pop-up. So definitely a big focus on lunch. Um, also, obviously, the breakfast sandwiches. But Well, it's, it's too. It's also reasonable. It's not yeah, crazy. Yeah. But here's a question, because, um, you know, where we live, there are, I'm just thinking about them, three, really three sort of go-to places for mm-hmm. breakfast, none of which are that fabulous. Are you seeing people come from, you know, across the bridge from Virginia and come in from Maryland all the way to Barracks Row? Yeah, people are coming from all over the place, which is which is also during the uh, week or just the weekend. Uh, both. I mean, you know, obviously brunch is a huge, you know, driver DC for us. It's DC brunch, brunch is is great, and and we kind of knew that. But also during the week has been really really special and, and busy. And you know, at nighttime it turns into an event space called the Shell um, that we oh, yes, that's it's a little tie in. So our catering company, District Catering, which is kind of we're slowly launching it now. Wait, um, I'm, I'm going to put a pin in you. Yeah. We have to take a break. A when we come back, um, we're going to talk about your catering, but I also want to talk about some of the items you brought in today. This is David and Nikki <laughs> Nellis. Happy New Year. New Year, new you. We'll be back in just a sec. Hey, Nick, let's take a couple seconds to talk about the point. Oh, the point in Buzzard Point. Yeah. Well, Buzzard Point is really interesting because it's a new area that has totally kind of come up out of the water. It is where the Potomac and Anacostia Rivers meet and now this development is there, and the Point DC is the very first restaurant there. So it has amazing water views, this incredible patio, fire pits. It is a great place to grab a drink and sit out and look at the water and eat amazing oysters. Oh, and seafood and sushi and steaks and more, because we've done that. Exactly. So if you haven't been to the Point, it's time for you to check it out. All right, we're back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis, and we're still talking to Scott Druneau about Iagu and, and other things. Because he's got more to say. Yeah, what more do you have to say, Scott? No, 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 but we're not starting with Who him. put a mic we're in front of him? Wait, wait we're going to go back to, to... You know better than put a mic in front of me. To, to pirouette here. Okay. So, so, Philippe, what do you got there? Yeah, what are we pouring so next? So, what we have is a Riesling, but an orange uh, version uh, uh-huh. of a Riesling. Okay. So orange wines uh, are made uh, by um, having skin contact. So mm-hmm. traditionally, white wines are uh, made after pressing, and then uh, the skins are separated from the uh, uh, from the juice, and the juice is vinified by itself. Red wines, the juice and the skin stay together, that and that's how you get uh, pigment and 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 uh, tannins and savory notes and all of that. And so when you're doing when you're curating your wine list. How are you putting together your menu? Because you said people get confused because you're this wine shop and then you're a wine bar, but you also have a full menu. We have a full menu, yes. Mm-hmm. In fact, we have two items here with us. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so we are, have a very close uh, uh, communication with the, with the kitchen staff. Mm-hmm. Uh, they taste wine with us. Uh, we taste uh, the food constantly. So there's this communication that goes back and forth mm-hmm. um, almost every day. And um, so that um, our kitchen staff understands the, the, the palate that mm. we have. We have a limited uh, uh, portfolio. We have about 200 uh, different SKUs in our uh, retail shop. Uh, so it's very limited. Uh, it really focused on Jackie's and my, my palate. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's how we select the wines. Uh, so the and, but your chef is, I mean, he's got quite the resume. What's oh, his yeah. name? Oh, yeah. uh, Adam Hoffa is our chef. And it's true. Yes, he comes from Charleston. Um, He's been cooking since he's only 30 years old. He's been cooking since he was 15, mm-hmm. starting at, I think, a Bojangles fried chicken shop. And, hey, you got to start and somewhere. And then almost immediately moving Can I tell into, you what? There's nothing wrong with Bojangles oh, yeah. chicken <laughs> shop. Agreed. Um, and then uh, em- almost immediately moving into fine dining. 
Um, I've told him before, as you think through whether there will be good wine pairing, um, essentially what he ends up doing instinctively with his dishes is what wine professionals will talk about as pairing wine with food, meaning acid playing component with fatty foods or salt and all these kind of things. His dishes are doing the same thing. So it works really well. Um, the the heat that comes in isn't enough to compete with wines, mm-hmm. where the heat will spicy food will always win, and you'll just have two different things happening. His is just enough to open up your tongue and and get it exciting, and so Great. it works yeah. really well. We'll hear Great. more about him yeah. when we come back. Okay, let's go back to Scott. Do you, what do you think of the riesling? It's okay. It doesn't taste like a riesling. It doesn't taste really like good. a riesling. Delicious. People really want to force me to drink rieslings. I it's do. a thing in this yeah. city. The nose, the, yeah. I mean, the nose tells you it's a recent. No, right? it's more orange wine than, yeah. it's got a, that orange wine, right. you know, sort of dryness at the end. Right. Yeah, and, and I will say, I know I don't want to cut into your time too much, but. We got to no, cut it. We can't. Okay. You're cutting no, into his time. Oh, so, time. no, we yeah. can't do that. All right, Look at so him. He kicked me under the table in, with that boot. Okay. You came in with a bunch of food today. <laughs> we did. So, here's the thing about I egg you that I think yeah. is really interesting, and maybe people were shocked when they looked at the menu when they came into the brick and mortar. There's a real commingling of cultures. It is not an American breakfast, American, I put that in quotes, right? Like you're using really different things. Kimchi appears on the menu. Caviar appears on the menu. You've got all these things going on. Were you guys just like having fun and being like, let's try it? That makes so much sense, doesn't it? Because of where Danny comes from, you know, from a culinary perspective and your cooking background, it's a great melding of. Yeah, you know, the thing about eggs is, you know, there's eggs all over the world. So you you kind of have the freedom to do whatever you want. You know, Mm -hmm. we did an egg curry last week and Mm. our chef, uh, Alyssa Kaplan, is like really awesome. And um, so we're actually doing a little menu change this week and we were just going through that yesterday. And so there's some already some fun new dishes, you know, changing the soup out and doing some new sandwiches and, you know, it's just eggs are a lot of fun to cook with and they're really versatile and delicious. Tell yeah. me quickly, cause we only have one minute left. One minute. Talk about the catering. Cause I know that's very important to you. You've been yeah. looking to really grow that aspect yeah. of what you do. So we've been doing catering for a long time. We're finally kind of putting a name with it over the last uh, month or so. It's called the uh, district catering. And basically we're a bespoke caterer that we do a lot of offsites. We do a lot of that fundraisers. sounds like Google Smart, right? Like yeah. people are like I need a caterer in the district. Yes, district catering. But everybody's out there; they're running to their dictionary looking up bespoke, yeah, yeah, yeah. which means custom. <laughs> yeah, so we'll 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 cook whatever menu you want to. If you want, you know, grandma's coffee cake on part of your menu, give me the recipe. We'll make that. And you know, we we have a, a bunch of set menus, but we also kind of cater every menu and every event to. The, the clients' wishes and needs, and and now we have an event space at night called the Shell. That's uh, I egg you at nighttime. Love it. All right, all right. We have you stay Thank here. Thank you so much. You've been spoke. Now it's Kyle's turn. <laughs> Thank you. We will get back to you because we're going to do a panel at the end of the show. They know okay. all about. All that. right, Kyle Bailey. So we Hi. met you. He was here a year ago to talk about the opening of something else. Duff, not Dolphin. Not Dolphin. No, no, no. Thoughtline Bethesda, yeah. maybe? It was, it was a big year. It was a big year. But we met you at Birch and Barley a thousand years ago. That's true, and you've, with your wife. 2009. You've gone on to fame here with Dauphines and Saltline and all that. But can we talk a little bit about, so you're the chef at Longshot Hospitality. Like, can we talk about your guys' mission and how that's evolved over the years? Because, like, I think... Everybody thought of you guys as salt line. You were opening up different salt lines, and now you're doing different concepts with Dauphines and now Omateo. Like, how do you guys pick your direction and, and figure out what your next steps are? Yeah, um, I think um, 
you know, you look at us and it's like, hey, look at these uh, four meatheads. Now it's five meatheads. Mm-hmm. Um, we, I would never call you a meathead. <laughs> uh, that's actually how I look at it. Yep. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, we kind of slapped together salt line um, uh, in Navy Yard next to uh, the baseball stadium. Not really realizing. Terrible location. <laughs> like, I can't even imagine. Not realizing how busy it was going to be and how mm-hmm. crazy it was going to be. So, um, uh, thoughtfully, uh, we we kind of got to a, a different place with the with the restaurant, uh, with the help of all the partners. We you know there's five of us. We 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 all kind of have our own lanes. We we, we move into each other's lanes every once in a while. Mm-hmm. But it's um, it's uh, it's an excellent partnership. Right. But how did you go from Salt Line to a New Orleans concept at Dauphine's to? You know, now going to now Omatea, which is Tex-Mex. Tex-Mex. So the, uh, the the inside joke is anything that has uh, new in front of it, like New England, and then we did New Orleans, and now we're doing <laughs> New Mexico. Okay. New Mexico. <laughs> uh, but the the truth oh, is, well, Newfoundland needs a restaurant. <laughs> okay, Canada. you got it's it. like okay, let's let's we'll do there. some R and D. No, so, but really, what I mean, you, you, it's a strategic choice for sure. How for does sure. it happen? So what you have to remember is that. Um, Restaurant openings are years in the making, right? So it's 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 three years before you are going to open the door, at, at best usually. So um, it's about thinking ahead. It's, we're constantly talking about um, what's happening in the scene, like where the world is going. Mm-hmm. Uh, just ch- it changes so much. Then you throw a pandemic in there, and it's like all bets are off. Head spinning, man. Right. But um, you know, we you could re- open a restaurant called New COVID. <laughs> no, no, thank I'm you. Just, I'm just saying. I, it's just staying. You know, I'm creative. I can't help it. It comes out. Uh, so, uh, with with Dauphine's in particular, it was, you know, you you see, um, uh, we're being shown spaces all the time. Mm-hmm. You look at a space, you're like, actually, you know, what would be really cool here is something kind of large, kind of. I'm thinking like wrought iron or whatever, and um, and separately, we're we're constantly talking about like what's the underserved cuisine in this area, right? Mm. Like what's what do, what do people want? What do we not have? Where do you want to go eat? What's the thing? But here's what's really interesting, and I'm not trying to pitch you against Scott, but, you know, Scott's restaurants are smaller in size. You guys have pretty massive restaurants. And, I mean, when I think of Dauphine's, both salt lines, or, or all three salt lines. I've never been to the Boston one, sorry. Um, but, um, and Omateo. I mean, Omateo. Omateo's huge. It's a massive What is that, 15,000 square feet? Yeah, it's like that. Is it really? 15. Good guess, David. Yeah. It's huge. So when you see these spaces, you have to figure out a way to get the bodies in there in order to make it work. Right, so you got to, um, you know, make the space appealing. Mm-hmm. Right? Make, the, uh, make the menu um, accessible. Mm-hmm. Um, on different levels, and I guess like the the idea with the uh, with the with the big spaces is like having a mixed space, right? Where right. where you can go in for uh, you know the salt line, you go in for a burger at the bar twice a week. Mm-hmm. Um, your folks are in town, you can bring them in for um, which for, we have done for the entrees, right? Um, uh, you know, twice a year. So let's talk about Tex Mex. Let's talk about Amateo and how you guys sort of did the R and D because you brought in a top chef to sort of help. Expand that. Well, let's start with the fact that there's a lot of Tex-Mex out there. I mean, you can start Not in DC in the in the world. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So and, and so that was another thing, right? And uh, it, it, you you think about Tex-Mex. Everybody's town had that spot, right? And you remember going as a kid, and you you really enjoyed yourself, the colors and the flavors, and you're like, man, this is really amazing. Mm-hmm. And we were trying to elevate that a little bit, right? Trying to trying to bring that into your your I mean, your chips and your guac take it to another place already, right? I mean, very much. It's very good. We, we try to focus on. That kind of stuff. 
But so let's talk about a partnership with um, the with chef Gabe. Gabe. Yeah. So how did that come to be, and how did that help define the menu at Amateo? So, um, you know, I can I can read every book and I can watch every YouTube video about about food, right? About mm-hmm. this cuisine, but having somebody who lived it, who lives it, actively is living it, show me how to blister a dried chili mm-hmm. correctly. I was like, I was doing this wrong my whole life, and I didn't. Know. <laughs> I mean, not a very good. We, we used to talk about that when we. Got I know. <laughs> Behind your back, we were like, we'd sit Kyle with your wife Tiffany and say, right? When will he learn to blister a chili? Good lord! So, um, we uh, we had met Gabe uh, before Top Chef, uh-huh. and um, he, you know, we came we came up with this idea, this partnership. It's like, man, this would be really great. This is a really great idea. He comes up, you know, once a month, and we are uh, <clears throat> we're. Um, we're testing food and kind of talking through ideas. And um, so it's a really great relationship. And so for people who aren't familiar with Tex-Mex, like, you know, there's a lot of verbiage out there with Mexican restaurants, Tex-Mex, and et cetera. Can you ex- sort of explain your version of what you're presenting in Omoteo and what Tex-Mex is? Sure. So um, we wanted to stay away from um, the, um, like, the the south of the border stuff, the... <clears throat> We we didn't want to do. You don't want people to get sick. <laughs> we we didn't want to um we didn't want to come off as Mexican. There's a, there are uh, quite a few Mexican restaurants. Mm-hmm. That, that was funny. I was thinking of you know like uh, uh, pectate shooters in some restaurants. <laughs> it might be necessary. You know, there's that place south of the border in yeah. the south. I've actually stayed there overnight. Okay. <laughs> you have? Yeah, it was a, it was in a bad place. And you got out of there a lot. <laughs> <laughs> All right, sorry. Go ahead. So uh, Tex-Mex is kind of it's it's on it's the border cuisine, right? It's right. Like, it's the idea of um, the uh, coming through the Rio Grande, kind of um, you know, beef heavy, mm-hmm. um, building food with what you have available mm-hmm. um, in the area with what you know, right? Like the, 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 that's why the flour tortillas are there. It's like we have flour, but like we're, we're tortilla people, and right? We're, we're we're making this amazing meal out of out of that, and um, so it is a it's a it's a mixing of. Uh, we, of the, we also have to talk about you know the design. It is, Gorgeous. It is. I mean, so it's really gorgeous. We have to take a quick break. When we come uh, back, let's talk, talk about, about the design, now. and then we can talk about some of the great things on the menu, because seafood does appear on the menu. Absolutely. This is David and Nikki Nellis. New year, new you. We'll be back in just a sec. All right, we're back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis, and we're talking to Master Chef Kyle Bailey. Mm-hmm. Award-winning. Award-winning Master Chef, wonderful guy, cool guy, uh, about Omateo. And oh, I, we should start by saying Omateo is out in kind of the new part of Tyson's Corner, Capital the Tyson's Corner Line neighborhood. Center? And, um, That's it's, right. a, it's like a new city center. It's where the Capital One Arena is. But I'll tell you what's mind-blowing about it. We yeah. had dinner Theater. there, what, two yeah. weeks ago? Yeah. Two weeks ago. Anyways, we went there. Four weeks. The place was jammed. Crushed. Oh, was crushed. And uh, later I asked Kyle, what are you guys doing to promote it? And he said, and he was kind of like, well, shucks, nothing yet. I mean, the word is out, man. It's really yeah. amazing. Yeah, really. thank you so much. Okay, God. so let's talk about the design because you've got two floors, but it's got, I mean, some people could do Tex-Mex and go a little honky-tonk. Right. You know what I mean? You guys, it's a very sophisticated feel. And the lounge upstairs is really sexy. So what was it about the design elements that you guys were looking to implement? Um, definitely went, didn't want to <clears throat> cross the line into uh, silly, mm-hmm. right? Like, um, 
Like south of the border. Yeah. And even though I, I appreciate that. He's uh, like, I could lean into it. I, I, I was I, born silly. <laughs> um, uh, we, so we wanted to toe that line. Um, and that's where, again, having business partners helps. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Imagine what it would look like if I designed a restaurant. Right? It's ridiculous. But the food, would, but the food would be, the people would say, oh, the place is horrible, but the food's good. What's right. it called? What's that group you love that begins with Guar? There we go. Very good. Guar. Yeah. Guar. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Costumes. I don't know, man. Spikes. Bad so, idea. Uh, so, we, <laughs> so uh, Grizzform does our, uh, our, our design and, and, and um, with <clears throat> Songwiser at uh, um, General Design Company. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe it's called Andweiser now. But you know what I think is really interesting about all your concepts, and I'm sure it's intentional, but, you know, all your salt lines, especially the one at Navy Yard, well, and the one in Bethesda, and, you know, your, and Dauphine's, and now Mateo, all have a very distinct bar scene, right? So at Amateo, though, you have that separate lounge upstairs, which is really very adult and very cool. But is that sort of one of your identifiers as a restaurant group that you have this area specific for the bar scene it's kind of a waiting area really. yeah it's um it's, it's definitely something we, we we've paid attention to it's mm-hmm. um um mindful bars really nice bars right um and, and building building the, the surfaces and the and the i mean the furnishings but the surfaces what, what you guys have done with the artwork and with and with just textured surfaces is yeah, it's I mean, so pretty. it's so much beyond what you you needed to do. It's really impressive. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. So we we're going to send um, you love, and we're going to move on. We are going to move on, but can you give people, pick three items from the menu that you're like, you have to try? Uh, the quesadilla machete. Okay. Big old quesadilla. Um, any one of the fajitas. That's There's, sort of, it's like where the sword comes in? Yeah. Okay. Big, big old, it's the size of a machete. It's huge. Okay. Um, and That was a great uh, movie, by the way. The ceviches. Okay. So All right. So that was I'm sorry, but the guac, the 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 the, you already the, mentioned the, the guac. chips with the guac, you got to do. Thank you, sir. Mm. All right. Thank you. Okay. Ruben. No. No. Drink segment. We better hurry up. You're not going to have time. I know. For your we're going to have plenty chat. of time. Right. Andy's on it. He's taking care of me. Okay. Okay. All right. So we started talking a little bit about the menu um, because you really want people to understand that not only can you buy wine there and drink wine there, but you can eat there as well. So do you want to talk a, a little bit about the style of food that's being served? Um, it's kind of this, uh, I think a lot of people have the, the challenge of like where you take, um, inspiration and back culinary background, um, uh, that might be linked to specific countries and then it filters through yourself, your skills and all of that. Mm-hmm. So definitely with Adam's background, we skew Italian in a lot of ways. So even if it's something Benissimo. Ex- yeah. Grazie. <laughs> right. Um, but it will... It's, it's casual but elevated, so things could be familiar. Like we have mac and cheese croquettes that of the two things on our menu, that one has been on our menu from the beginning, and mm-hmm. it has deep fans, um, but it has Italian elements to it, so it's not just the mac and cheese that you might have had at your friend's, your friend's mom might have made for you at lunch when you were over on a Saturday. Slices right. of craft or right. Velveeta. <laughs> right, or like the, the elevated hot dog slices. Right. But um, um, so, so excuse that direction and, and his catalog, of, like at some point we got into a conversation about pasta. We make all of our own pastas mm. and, uh, and he started naming things that I was like, okay, now like you and Anona know what you're talking about, but I have, I'm lost. Right. Um, so, so there's fresh, there's 
wanting to pull away from uh, what might be the overly fussy Michelin experience, which I'm familiar with having been worked for a farm that provided all the little flowers that go on all, all in all the photos, um, and yet not be um, not be so casual that it seems like phoned in. Sure. When we first opened, a lot of people in Arlington would come to us. They were just excited that a wine place was opening in the neighborhood. We're extremely mm-hmm. local to the point where people will point through the window at their apartment and say, I live right there. I live right there. I don't even cross the street. I'm up the block just past the driveway. Right. And, um, and when people first were eating with us, one of the comments that came along a lot was, oh, your food is good. You didn't have to do that. Oh. Because, All right, I'm going to have to stop you there. Okay. So just tell us very quickly, Wait, your please. food is good? Okay, your food is good. good. It's in here. Can the you tell us what you're pouring? The was the right. thing. Yes. We uh, brought a Rioja from Spain. This Gorgeous. Tem- oh. Tempanillo. We got a Spanish chef here. I know, I know. He smiled. Tempanillo. Okay. Uh, this is a very special Tempanillo. It's, uh, it focuses on a single uh, village uh, in Rioja. Great. Uh, as opposed to a style uh, sort of blend across many different villages. Okay. This is focused on a village. Uh, Great. Pop it open. Thank you. You're ready for it. All right. Perfect segue. We didn't even plan it. It was planned. So, Ruben, I mentioned Ruben's background with with Jose, but you you buddied up with Richie Brandenburg, who's Mm -hmm. an old friend of ours, and who was the creative mind behind what happened at Union Market, the collection of of Oh, he was sort of the culinary curator. Right. Correct, yeah. That was his initial And you created the square, which is, uh, and I'm going to let you explain it. It's down on K Street, 18th and K, do I have that right? 17th and K, yeah. 17th and K. 18, 18 and K. 18, he said 18. Yeah, you're right. It's that accent. So tell us. What accent? He doesn't have an accent. I never hear the phrase, you're right. You guys got an accent. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so tell us about the square. Yeah, so we started this project with uh, my my partner, Richie Brandenburg. He he and I, we come, I mean, we have a long story together. We used to work together with Jose Andres. He was the the kitchen director. I was the director of uh, research and development. Uh, We become really quickly, we become uh, really good friends. the first project that we opened together was a SLS a hotel in in, in Le. Mm. Um, at that point, at that time of our life, both of ours we were getting uh, divorced and, you know, being like a single Oh, it's parent. a thing to do. Not anymore. Uh, we, no, you know what? We, we, we become really good friends. We kind of, uh, we, we co-parenting. Uh, <laughs> so I don't know who was the wife and the and the and the husband, but you know it's that, not it that worked. kind of show, pal. <laughs> it worked. It worked for uh, for fifteen years. So fifteen years of a friendship, um, and this friendship um, in bring us together to to partnership in this project with uh, uh, the but square. So let's talk about it because the square sort of takes. I mean, I know Richie has a chef background, but he he's been in real estate and mm-hmm. sort with of heathens, yeah. you know, and and doing that for a long time. But what you guys decided to do with the square was open, let's sort of take the trend of the food hall, but do something really different. Yes. So can we talk about how you guys Absolutely. went about, like, first of all, I, I definitely want to get into Casa Teresa. That's your restaurant. Mm-hmm. That is clearly the jewel, not that the other vendors would disagree with that, in the spot. But, you know, you have this gorgeous Casa Teresa, your restaurant that really allows you to do your creations. And then you have all these other vendors there how did you guys go about talking to people locally and bringing them in to the project yeah 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 so easy so we we we're creating a community mm-hmm. right every time is more and more and more difficult to open restaurants in cities they're 
expensive. You know, you cannot open anything that is like $1.5 million, you know. Mm-hmm. So that makes, you know, it makes everything really, really complicated, especially for the people who start, you know, they're new. Small. You know. Right. So uh, we are offering, you know, a space where, you know, basically, you know, um, you have like a, a dining room of uh, almost like 600 seats, mm. right, with uh, investment really small small investment where you just need to uh, buy your equipment and we take care of everything else. Mm-hmm. So the big difference with any other food halls is, so for example, the last project that Richie did, it was your market, right? right? Your market is uh, it's a big, big, big building, um, big um, business that it capitalized, let's say, you know, X million dollars a year, mm-hmm. right? Uh, but it doesn't create any you know, minimum efficiencies with uh, small businesses. So mm-hmm. the market being like a big, 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 big uh, market, big business, the small business is still being a small business. So they right. don't so get it's not, any. So you guys are thinking more like incubator style. We like, are incubator. How do we exactly. take this concept, exactly. sell it basically in this food hall, but then help them gain that sort of yeah, how momentum. To grow and but grow also together. ensuring that the consumer has a good experience. Absolutely. Right. And, creating, and creating, you know, Creating a community because in this case, you know, we're able to work together. So we help developing the concepts. We have a voice on the quality mm-hmm. of the ingredients that are being brought because uh, we have a 9,000 square feet of a kitchen downstairs where my team that does like all the really torturing. big kitchen. It is a big yes, kitchen. it's a big kitchen. So basically, what it, what it, it works like a big casino hotel, right? We're not reinventing the wheel here. You know, in a big casino hotel, you have like a five, six, ten different uh, uh, concepts that there are different uh, celebrity chefs. Mm-hmm. But then there's a, communi- a, com- a communal kitchen where it manage everything. Mm-hmm. So in that case, you know, we're able to purchase, you know, beef, for example, for everyone. So instead of receiving four different trucks of beef every day, we are going to re- receive one truck, creating efficiencies. But Smart. actually, it gives us, give us the power to negotiate and to get better pricing, better mm-hmm. quality, and, you know, at the end, you know, for the service of everyone. Right. Well, and it's also... Uh, that just changes the dynamic of how people work together, right? Exactly. So we're there, so we are partners, right? Every, you know, uh, uh, we're partners because we all working together. We're so towards. Let's you know, go the, through, because we're going to have to take a break, and I want to talk about Casa mm-hmm. Teresa. Let's go through who's there. Like, let's talk about the kind of the kind of food service. Yeah, we have, we have uh, Shoshi Taqueria. Mm-hmm. They're doing an amazing job. The birria tacos is they're delicious. Mm-hmm. That's that's my my daughter's favorite, and that's probably why they're over there. Right. <laughs> she really. <laughs> She really, really like asked me to can we can you please put uh, uh, birria tacos in the market? Like, mm-hmm. Sure, <laughs> there we are. Right, easy. Uh huh. Then we have uh, Yaocho, which is a concept from uh, Chef uh, uh, John Mooney. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Mooney is uh, is a great chef, great friend uh, as well uh, from uh, Union Market sp- uh, space. Uh, he runs uh, Bidwell. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then um, who else we have? Ah, we have uh, Uchi. Right. Uchi, Uchi, my really good Uchi. I love this guy. Yeah. Here's your whole list. Uh-huh. Uh, I love this guy. Uh, he's uh, he right. used to be he used to be the the head chef at Nakasawa. Right. And uh, his space is not built yet, so he's uh, we've been finding him different spots to do his uh, pop up, so which pop is great up. because you know it's like uh, it keeps the the market you know refresh you know every time that he does the the pop up right. so. He's there every day. Uh, he's gonna start uh, soon. He's gonna start doing a dinner as well. So we're really, really excited. But the okay, point so is, you, you, well, go ahead. You've created community mm-hmm. because the the partnership 
transcends just you know my little stall, mm-hmm. and that's a as far as I know. And I don't know that much, but that yeah. seems like a brand new concept. Absolutely, everybody. Absolutely, everybody. Absolutely. Well, the big it. the big difference is that you know uh, normally in a council like that, uh, the landlord will ask you for a fix. Yeah, uh, rent at the and end of the day, it, right? And they don't care how much you know how much you sell; they want their money, right? We what we do here is this is a percentage game. You know, mm. we they pay a percentage of their sales, and with that percentage, we give them all the services, That's which awesome. is PR, which is uh, marketing, which is uh, financials, which is uh, culinary, uh, mm. you know, uh, direction, which is uh, sourcing, which is everything. Well, and plus, Seth, wait, you know, no, you can keep talking about. We have a commercial break. Well, in um, a minute. Okay. Congratulations on picking a great spot, too. Yeah. yeah location, location, location. This is location. David and Nikki Nellis. It's Foodie and the Beast. We'll be back in just a sec. All right. We're back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis talking to chef and entrepreneur Ruben Garcia about his new business with Richie Brandenburg, The Square. Right. But, let's uh, but about you've your got restaurant. a restaurant, your restaurant, named after your grandmother. Uh huh. Casa Teresa. Which Casa Teresa. I've had the pleasure of not just, di- I dined at the pop up, which uh-huh. was amazing. But now I've also got to see it in execution. And it's um, it's really delicious. You're really doing something very different in the Thank city. You. Can we so talk what about are you it? looking to do there? Thank you. What is he well, doing? I mean, what are you doing? Yeah, Casa Teresa, it's, uh, so after spending 16 years with uh, with Jose, Jose Andres. Who? Uh, Chef Jose Andres. <laughs> oh, that guy. <laughs> that guy. I might have heard of him. Um, uh, many other chefs, right? So that, after many, many years, uh, I, I have the opportunity to open my own restaurant. So what I want is just kind of put a break on everything and start over, you know. Uh, many, many years spending into, uh, um, you know, fine dining cuisine. I was kind of a little bit tired, and I'm going to go back to just my origins. Mm-hmm. Uh, my origins is, is Catalonia, is uh, where, you know, where I grew up. Uh, I've been, you know, surrounded by the best chefs in the world, uh, which is all the matriarchs of my <laughs> Of my house, my mom, and my dad—they used to work together. So I've been taking care from you know all the grandmas and aunts, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in the kitchen, surrounded by the rumors, and you know, and I've been spoiled, you know, as a child because I was the first, the first child, you know, the first, uh, the first grandchild, son. the first son, first grandchild in uh, both parts of the family. Uh, and before I started cooking, I started, I, 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 before before I started learning cooking, I started learning how to eat, mm-hmm. right. And I Very important. Really, I think this is really important for any any professional, right. anyone who's listening here right now. You know, uh, I cook for myself, right? And and opening Casa Teresa, you know, I wanted to go back to that origins, you know, for that flavors, aromas, mm-hmm. uh, everything that you know, it really conduct me, guide me to to be a chef. Today. So we we have limited time. Name three items that are on there that are close to your heart. Oh. Close to my heart. Well, make your own pan come on. Ah, make your own pan come on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, and by you the know? way, if you open up your Washington Post today, you will see his really glorious oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. review so by excited. Tom Cetava. Really, really yes, yeah. congratulations. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, pan con tomate. I mean, it's it's it sounds simple, but you know, it's as simple as uh, no one knows how, how to do it. No, it's not simple. So you know, we we serve it, it the way we do it at home, which is you do it yourself. Mm. You know, you do it yourself. Uh, because you want the bread to be crunchy, they don't want it to be sitting there for a long time. Right. We have time limitations. Give yeah. us two more items. Uh, grill, uh, grilled fish. I love grilled fish. No. Uh, I've been trained in San Sebastian, in mm. big chef in San Sebastian, Martin Berastategui. It is one of my, my favorite cuisines in the world. 
I feel like uh, Ruben should be taking us on a field trip. Yeah, right. Well, we're going. Wait a minute. Sebastian. Our daughter's going to Barcelona. Well, come to Casa Teresa for four months. Yeah. Right. You go to Casa, Casa Teresa, Teresa, and then you're going to give us restaurant recommendations. <laughs> right. So I want to round this out for just a sec. We'll let every chef give uh, where they are and where to find them at the very end. But very quickly, I just want to sort of talk about this status. You guys all opened up new restaurants in the last year, at a time where there's a lot of stuff going on in the restaurant industry. There's a lot of tipping questions, service charge questions, high rents, um, high food products, high prices. Customers have a lot of questions. Restaurateurs have a lot of issues. I kind of want to talk about where you all sort of stand at the moment. And if we could keep our our comments concise if possible about things. I'd love to talk about tipping and service charges. It's the hottest thing that consumers are talking about we don't know what what's coming depending on where we're eating so where do where are you on it scott well i i would say that no one in restaurants wanted this situation where the elimination of tip wage the service didn't want it the restaurateurs didn't want the initiative that they voted for the initiative that the public voted for it was kind of a you know they i wouldn't say the public got fooled but um there was you know the the process through this coming all to fruition wasn't, you know, it was a little bit underhanded um, in that. And we're all, all of us in restaurants are in a position now where we have to make decisions where there's no roadmap. And mm-hmm. it's a really challenging thing about the data shows that, you know, there's some loud voices that say, just charge what you have to charge and pay what you have to pay. Well, yeah, then they come in and they see uh, the price and they're like, what? They don't come in. And all the data shows that. And, you know, so we're all in kind of a hard position where we're trying to figure it out. And so what are you guys doing? So remember, she said brief answers. A couple different scenarios, but at, at IAGU, um, we pay all the servers. You know, and again, like I, I don't think this is anyone's business, but but the but the but server the in the restaurant. Right. And right. Um, I mean, when we, you go to a doctor's office, I don't know what they're paying the medical assistant. Exactly, but I'm we with you. we we very clearly list that we add a twenty percent service charge on the menu, mm-hmm. um, and tipping is not necessary um, because the servers are all paid at a higher wage now. Um, that's well above minimum wage mm-hmm. um, and certainly like three times the tip minimum wage currently. So we're trying to come up with a new model and make sure everyone's paid, um, you know, appropriately and, and fairly. Kyle, and fairly. what are you guys doing at your restaurants? We um, we have the 4% service charge only in our DC locations because it only affects the DC locations. Okay. Right. Yeah. Um, but um, totally backing what Scott said, it's, it's a tough time mm-hmm. and we're all just trying to figure it out. And it's like, what what a place like uh, Dauphine's would do versus a place like Iagu right probably should be different man like and, yeah, and, and, well, that's and, a very and good don't point. forget we, we got Every no guidance or and yeah. Anju, they're all very good so it's four percent service charge and then it's right? up to me to add to that if yes. I want to okay and yes. what about with the square ribbon because you've got Casa Teresa is a full service restaurant yeah full service restaurants yeah stalls. we got twenty two percent service charge Casa Teresa okay uh, because. You know, everything is more expensive to buy. Mm-hmm. You know, just, you know, everything is uh, up to 40% more expensive, you know. Uh, so people deserve to have their, you know, get paid and to have a good quality of life. Mm-hmm. So that's why we do at the restaurant. At the square is different. We try to put it to the 2% and we go destroy. <laughs> oh, we had to remove it because people said, oh, but you're not giving me a service. Yeah, well, we don't give you a service. Yes, we give you a service. You come, you come into a place which is clean, which we serve you. We, you know, we clean after you. Yeah, we people renew, don't you know. see that. They don't so they don't that. see it. So it is, it is, you know, it's, it's frustrating because it is new. It's a new mm-hmm. language for everyone. I understand that it's confusing. I completely understand what's confusing. 
um, we're still, you know, brainstorming for new, new, new ways. But you know, I think that as we mentioned here, it's like each place is going to be different because right. it's the, the conception, you know. Yes, from go ahead, Jack. What are you doing in Pirouette? If I can jump in, um, uh, just very quickly, I have a background um, as a server. I also worked as a, for a short time as a line cook, and realized as a single mom I couldn't make any pay bills, so left that. Um, so, but that informed what we did. We pay above minimum wage also for everybody. We are cashless. And that allows us to, all of the payments are taken. Um, and uh, so there's no cash that servers are like, make sure you tip out this person, make sure you tip out. It's all taken um, and added onto payroll. And management, um, so us and our chefs are excluded from it. The tip goes to the entire house. Mm. It's pointed uh, higher Back toward the front. servers. But it makes it significant enough to the cooks that when the first paychecks finally hit after customers arrived, they three of them came to us and said, what is this number? Essentially, for our line cooks, they get a third week every two weeks. Well, it's interesting. You said we're cashless. And at first, I thought of, like, the fees that you have to pay to Amex and Visa. But aren't most of your restaurants cashless? I mean, who pays cash anymore? Yeah, no People do. Uh, people so, pay cash. Yeah. Really? And, you know, some we, restaurants in D.C. have tried to go cashless. And there's been and a, a whole lot of backlash too, about underserved. Right. Underserved um, communities who cannot. That don't have banks. Interesting. And, yeah. So, so there's you, there's no right decision. You right. Know, like, no, you're screwed you know, either like way. It's so, yeah. it's so hard to make the right decision. There's no playbook. Well, let's talk quickly. We have about two minutes. Hopes and dreams for 2024. If you could pick one thing that would mean the most in your vision for the restaurant Hit us with community, a what do you think, Scott? Oh, that's a little out of spot there. Right. Hopes and dreams, making money. Kyle, what are we doing? What are our hopes and dreams? Yeah. Come on. Uh, just take some time off. <laughs> <laughs> I like that hope and dream. That's all right. Yeah, that, that's take a some good time hope off. And dream. Just chill out, man. Okay. Just chill out for a little bit. Rude. Downtown. Downtown DC. We have a big, 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 big responsibility there. I mean, this is because uh, we decide to do over there. In right. downtown DC, you know, it needs love. It needs uh, attention. And we're there, to, uh, we're there to Very to true. It. All right. Mm-hmm. Philippe and Jackie. All right. I want to jump in and say, like, we need some attention in Arlington. Across the river, good food happens in Virginia, too. And just Michelin's not in Virginia. Patrick O'Connell is pulled into DC. So I think a lot of places don't pay attention to... Virginia being also a place where incredible things yep. happen. Yeah. And of Virginia, course, business, business. Virginia's business. for lovers. Okay. Got your oh, note. Nikki, we should go there. <laughs> Let's line it up. I live in Virginia. Say it. What are we doing? Yeah. Uh, we're going to bring back tip wage. That's my that's my dream. So okay. we can oh, stop we stressing about uh, all this, that we want to focus on food and service and hospitality and not focus on things that um, detract from our business. Great. Tell everybody where they can find you I egg you. Ooh, you can find me at I egg you, Chico, Anju, and District Catering. Excellent. Okay, Jackie and Philippe, where can uh, we find you? Arlington, Balsam, Virginia Square. If you've known Carpool, we're right where they used to be. Excellent. Kyle Bailey, where can I find you? Saltline Navy Yard, Saltline Ballston, Virginia, Saltline Bethesda, mm-hmm. Dauphines, mm-hmm. and um, Omateo in McLean, Virginia. You almost All forgot right. the name. And Ruben? The Square on Casa Teresa, uh, Washington, D.C., downtown. Excellent. Um, everything you heard here today, you will find on the list, com, including all their uh, Instagram handles. I know David wants to say something before I I only want up. to say one thing quick because the news can be scary, and it's coming time for everybody to vote. If you don't vote in a country, only about, what, 5% of the people on the face of the earth really have a vote mm-hmm. at anything. <clears throat> so it's coming up. You better vote because the crazies are coming for us. Okay. On that note, as I said earlier, <laughs> isn't that a happy note for 2024? Uh, thank you so much for joining us today. Vote. 
follow me at N-Y-C-C-I-N-E-L-L-I-S, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Of course, now I'm on YouTube with my new show, Industry Night. Follow me mm. all around. And everything you heard here, check out the list, areyouwanted.com. So much is happening in the D.C. metro area. You do not want to miss a morsel. Have a delicious week and be safe out there. Thank you.